0: Does not exist. Hello. <laughs> Are we
1: recording right now? Oh, look at that.
2: I'm so glad you recorded that, Dan. No,
3: I didn't. I got half of it. No, that,
2: no. The, 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 that man's gag reflex does not exist is the perfect way to start the I, spoiler cast. I didn't fully
3: get that either, unfortunately. God damn it. I just missed that the little oh. bit at the top of that. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, you'll have to repeat it, Ellie. Dan, you want uh, to introduce us? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. I'm gonna. I'll do the whole intro. Carrie, when I I can pop that in at the end or something. If, sure. If I get enough out of it. Are but you Carrie, kidding? When... That's a
1: great beginning.
3: Ah. <laughs> always, always. Hello, everyone.
0: Hi. Welcome to
3: episode number ninety-six of the spoiler cast. Hi. I'm Hello? your host Dan, and I'm joined by Allie.
0: Hello. Vera. I wish to rebreviate hey, that statement I made earlier.
3: <laughs> and special guest who's joined us before. Um Carrie, how's it going? It's good to be
1: here, you vainglorious buffoons.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I have it. a feeling there'll be a lot of uh isms from uh the movie we're talking about today. Yeah. Started.
0: Um, Maybe some malapropisms, even. (laughs) We can reclimate that later. Jeez. (laughs) Oh,
3: boy. Uh, We are talking about Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery, the sequel, spiritual, not spiritual, the successor, the sequel, another story in the Knives Out universe.
0: It's, It's like Sherlock and Poirot, you know, they're all like, same for. Certain things, they're all separate stories. Like, I'll say right off the bat, you don't need to see the first one to watch this one to enjoy it. I recommend the first one a lot, though. They have, well, uh, I guess I'll just throw this out at the beginning. I think that Ryan Johnson and his crew have something really special on their hands here in terms of like a character and a style of storytelling that I really, really love and enjoy.
2: Yeah. And I definitely want to get into that a little more, too, as we go on, because I think this is the story of Knives Out in terms of creative endeavor is also kind of a beautiful story, both for, like, original filmmaking and also for lovers of the mystery genre from somebody who has clearly loved that genre from a ver- from literally the first movie they made um, and who clearly just loves it, period. Um, so, you know, it's a special thing when you get a creative mind who now gets to work on original stuff in a genre that lots of people like, but doesn't oftentimes get a lot of good original storytelling, especially in like the, the big screen movie format.
3: Awesome. Well, the, the three of you have more experience with, with um, Ryan Johnson and a lot of other filmic work. So I'm going to, I'm going to get out of, get out of the way and, <laughs> um, and, and just, and, and just go to, and just look, what did you guys think of the movie? By the way, this is a we didn't say at the beginning with spoiler cast, so should be in the title. Pretty clear, spoilers ahead. Uh, it's a movie, so go ahead and just watch it before we we talk about it, so you don't get spoiled as to you know who done it and all of those those other things. Though I don't think that's really the point so, so much in some of these movies. But anyway,
0: yeah, I so right off the bat, if you don't mind me starting, unless if yeah. Somebody else is dying to say something. I might. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Okay, good. Okay, I'd Everyone like shut you, up and I, listen to me.
2: I want you to <laughs> kick, kick it off, Allie. I was literally about to suggest it. So... Let's go.
0: I wanted to say, right off the bat, to me, the whole story of Glass Onion is about shallowness and how, instead of focusing so much time and effort on trying to make the facades we put on seem like these deep and interesting and complex people, Sometimes just being plain and honest and to the point is the most rewarding and, like, correct, like, right way to do things, if that makes sense. Because so much of the story of Glass Onion is about these, like, famous people coming together on this island with this, let's all face it, like, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos nightmare creature who is in (laughs) flesh form as Edward Norton, who just really sells the whole idea of, like, millionaire who just didn't earn anything at all. The man's a fucking idiot. Like the whole point of Benoit Blanc's end speech when he starts piecing the puzzle together for the who done it at the end is he he literally says at one point that Edward Orton's character Miles Braun is an idiot. Like he puts on this whole facade of being grandiose and smart and clever and just he's fluff. He's nothing.
3: And it's great. Nice. Yeah. Yes. I
0: What I
2: would say that, that I really appreciate, one of the things I really appreciated about this movie was is that, you know, it's like, it's a really nicely done uh, mystery movie. Uh, it is, you know, it is your classic Agatha Christie, Sherlock Holmes style, you know, like a masterpiece theater, uh, masterpiece mystery, which oftentimes did feature those Detectives from, uh, I felt, either Sherlock Holmes or some of Christie's detectives like Poirot. Um, but, you know, if you like that style of, of, um, of storytelling, um, this is a big treat. Uh, especially since Death on the Nile this year, the sequel to, um, uh, which is, you know, the, uh, movie based off the famous Christie story, which is also, uh, the second one that, uh, Kenneth Branagh did. He did an excellent yeah. murder on the Orient Express. Death in the Nile was so-so. This, however, was, you know, like, if that was disappointing this year, it finished up with, like, excellent quality level mystery. And what I talked about a little earlier is that, like, Rian Johnson is someone, or Rian Johnson is someone who has loved that genre for a very long time because the first movie he did, Brick, is a hard-boiled detective story with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and that was the movie that was made without a lot of money, did a lot of really innovative, like, tricks to make it happen. Um, was a big success, and then that launched him into, uh, being able to do, you know, his next movies, which, you know, Brothers Bloom, which I wasn't too crazy about, but I could also do with, like, you know, a full a full watch sometime again in a reassessment. Um, they did Looper, which is also has some kind of mystery elements of it, but it's more of a sci fi story. Um, Looper's good. Um, it's not my favorite of his, but aside from not liking what I saw Brothers Bloom back in the day, years and years ago, um, he's never really missed for me. And then he did The Last Jedi, which uh, a number of people really disliked, but I loved. It's still my favorite Star Wars thing, and it's also, you know, made a billion dollars. So, you know, despite what some of the more toxic people in the internet might say, you know, that was a successful movie, but then he was in an odd position, I think, after that, where it's like, okay, um, I just made this big movie, but then there's also a lot of vocal folks who don't like it, etc. And I don't know what made him decide to basically make a, pr- a low-budget movie with a bunch of actors in Massachusetts um, who were just <laughs> around, which is like some believe the origin story of The First Knives Out, but it was a frickin' smash.
0: And yeah, the first- absolutely brilliant. And The
2: First Knives Out is absolutely amazing. And this is—I do not like this more than the first *Knives Out*, but it is a welcome sequel. It is an excellent movie, and it is a really, really good takedown of useless, the useless rich people who um, people grovel to because they have the money and resources. And to quote um, uh, Janelle Monae's character, providing the golden tit—it's um,
0: golden tea!
2: The golden teat. My
3: bad. Golden my teats. Teats.
2: The golden teat. I the golden tits,
3: teat. But I think they actually say tit in the movie. Yeah. No, she says
0: titty. She says golden T- no, titty. Golden titty. <laughs> golden titty. You're all still sucking up, holding on to that golden teat. Uh,
2: yeah. This is also, if you like Janelle Bonet, uh, congratulations. Um, uh, this is this is uh, this is a movie where you'll be extremely <laughs> happy.
3: Uh, <laughs> you get. You get two Janelle Monae's in this one. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Only two. I
0: I love, so I showed this film to three friends last night who hadn't seen it. And literally when she first shows up on the beach in that long white and red gown, my friend just said, oh,
3: damn.
0: (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel when I look at her.
2: (laughs) Oh, damn. Uh, Honestly, though, in terms of like, just like the most effect, like, and I think it's because, you know, her character was a character playing a character. But, like, I just mo- I totally fell for the character the most once you find out that she's actually her sister. And uh, mm-hmm. whenever she's, yeah. like, in that, you know, teacher from Alabama mode, it's just like, ah, oh, my heart. This is wonderful.
0: Well, and for me, real quick, that kind of goes back to, like, what I was saying before about, like, sometimes plain honesty is the best solution because like if you think about it all these people other than like say birdie's assistant and duke's girlfriend whiskey they all look at would look at somebody like helen as like trash oh you're just some elementary school teacher from alabama who cares about you but like the fact that it's her and like similarly in the first knives out movie like somebody who you could consider like you know not as well like somebody who's not as well off as like the main cast of characters a woman of color just like i love the fact that both these films it's benoit blanc an older gay man and a younger woman of color sticking it to the fucking shitheads of the world and it's so good
3: (laughs) yeah carrie you also said that you had a lot to say about the movie so
1: I'm feeling a lot of Ryan Johnson love right now, and to be completely honest with you, I feel a little bit alone in this because um, I kind of hate Ryan Johnson, or not hate him, but there's something about his movies that leaves me a little bit ambivalent, and I don't know what it is. Like I know he's very good at um, coming up with clever premises, but I'll be honest, I haven't really felt like there was a movie where I've connected, connected with it 100%, although Knives Out comes pretty
0: close um i know i'm kind of being a hater right out of the gate so do I'm just you're start not with being a like, oh, hater you're just being honest and that's totally legit like there's probably the some point. filmmaker out there that i'm like other oh, stuff's fine but it's not yeah. like omg i'll die on this hill
1: there's yeah there's there's things about i don't know it's it's I, I have a lot of hot takes but i also have a lot of praise i'll start with the praise first so all in all i really enjoyed this movie and to be honest with you, I think it was probably the most fun movie this year. I mean, there's been a there's been a few movies I watched that I think are my favorite that I like a little bit more than this. But I think as far as, like, a fun roller coaster of a ride is concerned, this movie definitely did what it needed to do for sure. Um, right off the gate, I love – I mean, I obviously – I haven't watched a lot of mystery films. And I think this film, for me, reinvigorated my love for mystery. So, Bear, I actually might go and, re- and watch uh, – what's it called? Jewel in the Nile? Uh, Death
2: on the Nile, but I would watch,
1: um, I'd I'd watch
2: Murder on the Orient Express first. I've Um,
1: seen, I saw the Albert Finney version, directed by Sidney Lumet, and it's gloriously well-crafted and very good. I mean, I'll watch Kenneth Branagh. I love, I love good Branagh.
2: I mean, Um, I I haven't seen the Sidney Lumet version, which I'm sure is great, but, um, the Branagh version was, uh, very well-praised by the folks, and I enjoyed enjoyed that,
1: too. Alright, fair. Um... You know, it's 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 fun because like I haven't really seen a lot of movies this year or in a while in a few years that kind of brought back that sense of fun. But Knives Out was also like an exception to the rule for sure. Um, and you know, just to go into it, I love. I mean, Daniel Craig is obviously amazing in the film. I think you know he he really he really kind of paints us a bit. he he plays a great character. It's a he's a lovable character. You are really, it's fun to. You know, it's fun to like root for a protagonist who's like the smartest person in the room, and you're and he's always, you know, you could say he's a little bit in over his head in this one (laughs) and is able to like solve the mystery spoiler alert uh, with grace. Um, I also love that this kind of felt like an old fashioned mystery film with some, I guess, I'd say, I guess I'd call it 1960s movie flair. Like there's a little bit of that James Bond, you know, romantic, I'm on a beach type of setting. Um, but there's also a lot of comic fun in there. Um, the dialogue is, uh, is, is amazing. I find myself quoting a few of the lines, uh, off and on. There's some, there's some great moments. Um, I'm just like, I'm just making a list right now. Uh, what did I miss? I guess we'll get more into the scenes as we go, but, um, all in all, I, I really enjoy the film and I guess I'll, I'll go into like the cons. Just, I'll just brush, brush, brush on it, but I'm sure we're going to go into more detail but I felt that after the mystery was solved that the movie overstayed its welcome and it you know it wasn't wasn't ideal for me I wish they just kind of wrapped the movie up because I was happy with the way the, I was happy with the way the whole mystery aspect of it went but after that it was just like why is this 30 minutes longer you know which is the same way I felt about avatar 2 but that's a completely different story so um also loved the cast, loved Janelle Monáe, Love Catherine Hahn, uh loved yeah, everybody was was terrific.
0: Yeah. I wanted to punch Edward Norton in the face so goddamn yeah. much the whole time. Yeah. He plays
1: such a good smart yeah. villain and I it's think a the fact, scary. Yeah, yeah, I think the fact that he was able to the movie kind of plays with Edward Norton's reputation for playing smart villains was pretty humorous and I think part oh. of the whole the whole thing of um taking a, a trope and turning it on its head which i think the movie this movie does a lot of sorry dan i interrupted you we you were saying no go ahead finish
3: finish your thought that,
1: that was my thought oh okay ah. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> i i also you know i hadn't thought of that about his reputation of playing you know brilliant smart brilliant people um and you know i think also his reputation of being kind of like like you know one of the at least I always think of it as a pretty intellectual like person in real life as well, who's also like, yeah. a writer and someone who's like, you know, though speaks intelligently on politics, etc. So I do think it was also interesting, playing with that, the like, oh, that I had thought like that you kind of have the setup that like he's not a total dumbass. and then you know, that, that beautiful reveal is like, oh, this billionaire who's paying everybody is uh and is actually very very, very, very dumb.
0: dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing that I like. He's very dumb and just really somebody who flies by the seat of his pants. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, is is he dumb though? I mean, I know. I mean, he's oh, obviously he's so not dumb. As,
1: he's <laughs> not as he's obviously not as dumb as Daniel Craig. I mean, that's true. I mean, in the world of the movie, but it seems like he almost got the upper hand in like every and aspect. I, well, but. I
0: think there's he's street smart, not book smart. I, I, if that makes sense. I think
1: what
2: he is the thing is is that like I think the thing that you know that Janelle Monae's character, his original business partner, saw him in, is and is that he's good with people. He is someone who knows yeah. how to. Who's very he's very socially intelligent. He knows how to manipulate folks. Um, he yeah. has a good instinct about what people will like and enjoy and what they'll graft onto. But in terms of technical details, um, he's not a scientist and a lot of what he spins in terms of, like, his actual knowledge and stuff is bullshit. He's just good at selling it. And then I think the other thing too is is that what really shows that it doesn't matter if he's a genius or not, he has money, and that will make people get into line. Like even That's kind with,
0: of yeah. where I, I was getting at earlier with the Elon Musk comparison, because, like, especially now with all the shit with, going on with Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter, it's like we've all pretty much known that the guy isn't actually as smart as he makes himself out to be
1: right it is funny
0: how like because i've I've known people
1: i mean i'm from connecticut and like i mean i'm not gonna lie there (laughs) are Yeah. There, we have our- we have a fair share of, um, you know, waspy individuals. Not all, but I have <laughs> been to school with, uh, the several the of them. The caviar! And I will say that it goes beyond caviar, and caviar's delicious, Allie, how dare you. No, I- um, I like caviar, it's just funny. I don't think I've
2: actually ever had caviar. I've no. had many fish eggs on sushi, but I don't think I've had actual caviar.
1: <laughs> caviar's delicious, <laughs> and it deserves to be eaten by good people. But my point- but, but I guess what I'm saying is that, like, um... For me, I, I, I recognize those type of people who are, you know, social butterflies. And they know how to manipulate and strategize and hustle their way to the top. And they don't necessarily need to be tech savvy or business savvy to an extent, although if they surround themselves with the right people and use their, so, their, their social skills to get what they want. And that, to me, that's, I mean, I won't say it's genius level thinking, but it is someone who is a mastermind in a specific way for sure. But it is cool to see Daniel Craig just completely call him out and say, "No, you're dumb," period. (laughs) It's pineapple juice. It's so so (laughs) dumb. Pineapple (laughs) juice. It's so
0: dumb. It's brilliant. (laughs) No, it's just dumb. (laughs) Miles (laughs) Brown is an idiot. Well,
3: Carrie, it's interesting you said that the movie overstates welcome in your in your mind. I I totally understand that perspective. I think for me, I you know Ryan Johnson and the the few movies I have seen by him, it seems like he does turn things on its head quite a bit. And I actually really liked the ending. I liked how, you know, it's like, yep, you caught the guy, but what are you going to do about it? And yeah. I liked the, it really wasn't about catching the person. It's, you know, people know that a lot of these people in these positions of power are bad people and do bad things yeah. and nothing ever happens about it. And I thought it was interesting how the movie Maybe I'm reading too much into the ending, but sort of like you know, stop people who are in the upper middle class and people who are following these idiots, right? Like, Elon, <laughs> like an Elon Musk or these these other folks, like just you know, stop trying to follow it. Just just take it down. And I thought that was that was that's how I read it at least. No,
2: and I and I yeah. I, I agree with that with that sentiment. I felt and I think that's an interesting thing you point out that it was really that after they caught the guy that they did have this thing where just like. Where Benoit Blanc like, and this is the point where, like, you know, I can go no further. Like, Benoit Blanc is right. like, yeah, I, I can solve mysteries, but if you want to actually, you know, do what needs to be done to take this guy down, you have to figure it out from here. Because he knows that, like, it's just the, I, I think he, and it's interesting because he gave her that speech before the uh, the napkin was burned. And I think that that's key, because even if he hadn't burned the fucking napkin, like, does he get away with it? Absolutely. Of course he gets away with it. Like, yeah, they have this, but, you know, he can keep it tied up forever. Like, what she does is she finds (laughs) one by having him destroy the Mona Lisa with its unstable hydrogen fuel. (laughs) She fucks a painter,
1: as a painter, I winced at that scene. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I mean Leonardo oh. da Vinci is my ultimate hero, so that was painful Same. too. But on the other hand, it's just like finally a billionaire is getting their comeuppance. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I I will say so. I have a lot to say about the ending, and I'm sure we're gonna talk about it later. No, no, talk all. about it now. Okay, well
3: we're talking about it. I Let's have
1: it. let me let me bring up two things really quickly. So there was there is something to be said about the structure of the movie because I feel like in some way the movie almost takes on the attitude of Edward Norton's character's way of thinking where he mentions like the movie, like ultimately he mentions that everybody's on the island because they're disruptors, which is kind of how I felt about the movie. It's almost like, you know, you're brought into this, you're brought into this game, this puzzle game, and then you're suddenly on this island with these people and then told that like stuff might happen that will disrupt the way you think, so to say, which is kind of like how I felt about the movie. Um, and going back to the Mona Lisa, it's funny because I actually felt that way. I, I kind of when I saw the Mona Lisa behind the um, the the shield, I was thinking something's going to happen to that painting. I know, and I'm like, is this part of the disruption that's that Edward Norton is talking about? Chekhov's painting, and so exactly, yeah, <laughs> Chekhov's
0: Mona
3: Lisa. And it's there funny were so many checkoffs that weren't checkoffs in this yeah. movie for me. <laughs>
0: we're, we're checking off all the checkoffs. <laughs> I mean, the, the gun there, ended up coming into play.
3: Yes,
1: there were. I, I, I kind of liked how, I'm throwing major shade when I say this, when Daniel Craig just calls out Edward Norton for being stupid, because that's, I won't say that's how I felt about the whole movie, but there were moments when, you know, stuff seemed like it was brilliant writing by Ryan Johnson, but ultimately I
0: also felt it was a little bit stupid in, in other ways. I mean, I think that's sort of just how mysteries can kind of come off sometimes, because, you have to find a really delicate balance of making your thing clever, but also, like, not to the point where it makes people feel stupid for trying to solve it, if that makes sense.
1: I've been more stupid along the lines of just plot holes and payoffs oh, eh.
0: and, um... Mysteries are always filled with yeah. plot holes. I, I, I kind of I ca- just take them on the chin, honestly. But, I'm a
1: uh, filmmaker, Allie. I can't. It's
0: just You're a what now? DNA. Disgusting. Get I, out of here. No. I'm here for No filmmakers. Um,
1: so, Zort. Um, that's an inside joke between me and Allie. Sure. Um, <laughs> fuck. I, I, you know, funny, it's it's funny because for me, I, I kind of felt like if they were to burn the Mona Lisa, there there's, I mean, there's so much I can go into this ending. I kind of wished Edward Norton fucked up in some way where he ended up burning the Mona Lisa instead of jo- Janelle Monae flipping the, flipping the bird on him and burning the Mona Lisa herself. Because up to that point, I really enjoyed her character. And when that happened, it was just, oh man, this is, it's almost like she's in even more trouble than before. <laughs> and this is becoming like a whole different, a whole different uh, lineup of um, scrutiny and, uh, and uh, you know. It's a, it's a whole new level of... Stru- What's that sound?
0: I'm hearing a sound. Oh, sorry, it's a plastic bag. Oh,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> Allie, do you live in a plastic bag? No, I have a bag of leftover Lego pieces I was fiddling with. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. That,
2: I, that I, makes I, a I, lot of sense. Fiddling is a, is a beautiful thing.
3: Um, I'm fiddling with a piece of paper right now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm stimming I'm with my with legs the,
2: as I as I do
1: all the time.
3: Um, I'm fiddling with... Never mind, I don't want to oh, say God.
2: anything.
1: Oh, God. Um, so... <laughs> So going back to the movie, um, <laughs> I forgot where I left off. Uh,
2: you were talking about I, like that you were liking her character up to the point where she flips the bird to him and, uh, yeah. and takes off the, the 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 thing.
1: I don't think you know what's funny. I, I go back and forth between whether or not it would have. It was cool. It was like bad storytelling or cool to see the Mona Lisa burn. But I felt like if Edward Norton was the one who fucked up and burned the Mona Lisa instead, that would have made for an even bigger comeuppance on his part. But I also feel like there should have been more of a comeuppance for all of his friends mm-hmm. who were invited to the island because I feel like they got off a little easy. But mm-hmm. that's just me. No, I'm...
0: no I kind of I kind of feel that way about the friends, too. Um, yeah. Like, again, like I said earlier, really, if you're going to look at at least not Janomone's characters, Janomone's character, or Benoit Blanc, like, the only people out of that whole group I feel any kind of sympathy for are Peg and Whiskey. 'Cause they're just these people that yeah. have been taken along for a ride with these assholes. Or as Helen yeah. called them, these shitheads. <laughs> don't,
1: don't forget Don't forget Daryl, he was
0: nice. Daryl <laughs> Daryl was just there, man. Daryl
3: was just going for through some, through some things. That was that was theirs. I've got, I've gotta ask on second watch alley <laughs> Does Dar- does Daryl have more of a purpose?
0: <laughs> no, Daryl's just <laughs> Daryl's there, and that's another another thing I wanted to point out that a friend actually mentioned to me when we were talking about the movie today is like, you know, they were um, reading through stuff after watching the movie last night, being like, "Oh, like Daryl must have some sort of hidden purpose. He's got to be involved in all this." And no, he's yeah. just a guy. He's just yeah. it's, it's and like that's the whole thing about the glass onions, like sort of like metaphor and like message behind the stories. He, he's just who he is. Yeah. Like, there's nothing deeper to him than just. He's a guy, and he just likes kombucha and weed, and he's chill, and it's great. I I
2: absolutely love Benoit Blanc and Daryl smoking their respective uh, favorite smokes as the place goes up in flames.
1: That was beautiful. That was wonderful.
2: It was. It was was great. Um, I mean, I I do think that it it was definitely the way I. In terms of like, it's always interesting in terms of like you know. Plot and plot holes and what you don't notice or forgive and what will like grind in your gears and such. For me, what I think is interesting is that even though the shitheads are diabolical, I actually think it was for plot reasons that they didn't get their comeuppance as well. Because really, to take down the ultimate shithead, they needed to start, you know, they, they also needed to, to conveniently start remembering things and such. And like, basically, by des- she, Janelle Monae destroys him as a meal ticket, and then they turn on him. But them turning on him is kind of also another necessary thing to to fully to fully bring him down. Um, and it you know it means that like the shitheads don't. Um, it does mean that the shitheads don't you know get to. Uh, you know, like get the immediate comeuppance, but on the flip side, if you want a head candidate, all of them really were relying on Daryl to bail their asses out. And without Daryl, you know, the scientist doesn't have a job. Um, the lady from Connecticut, the governor of Connecticut's pretty ruined for her ambitions. And I love the thing that they had the governor of Connecticut. And uh, Yeah,
1: I I am a little I was a little hurt by the fact that Catherine Hahn was um, I don't know, I I, I wonder if that one little depiction of Connecticut is just going to be an ongoing thing in movies, because I've seen the whole Waspy Connecticut thing so many times, and I'm like, come on, give me something new.
2: I mean, you know, it's, uh, you guys are, you, 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 Connecticut is the, the least favorite child of New England, I think by a country mile at this point. Um. Fuck you,
0: <laughs> Fuck I mean, it's you. either Connecticut or Rhode Island. Oh,
1: Rhode Island's awesome. Is it Uh, Rhode Island? I don't know. I've never been there. I'm just making a a
0: blanket statement about a place I've never been
1: to before. Yeah, bear. I haven't really heard anybody say Connecticut is the least favorite state of New England. Uh, I
2: I don't I don't really think that I've known anyone who like as fond of Connecticut except for those except for maybe half the people who live in Connecticut. Jesus
3: Christ! Well, I'm from Rhode Island, so we're not gonna go there. <laughs> hey, no, I, go there.
0: I want to fucking
2: hear it. Only New say York is, system, You go there. You go there. Right coffee, milk, bakery, <laughs> pizza, Rhode Island clam chowder.
1: <laughs> HP all Lovecraft. I say you gotta...
2: Spooky, spooky graveyards. It's the best. Newport. Newport's awesome. Newport's also what?
1: awesome. Yes. Listen, listen, Vera, all I got to say is, number one, fuck you. Number two, you <laughs> need to give Connecticut a chance. Uh, look, like the rest of y'all. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how everybody else feels about Connecticut, but there are some cool things beneath the waspy, get outy reputation that Connecticut has look, somehow. The thing
2: is, is that some of my favorite people in the world grew up in or live in Connecticut. So, you know, I can't, I do not actually hate the state. I just give it a hard time for being a glorified parking lot.
1: Fuck you. I hope you get stuck in
3: traffic when you're in Connecticut. Um,
1: And...
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Vera, that that sounds like the voice of someone who's from New York and now lives on the other side of Connecticut from New York. And is a Yankee fan, and... uh,
1: No, I'm kidding.
2: Well, I I actually Um, did. I don't know if I told you this, but um, uh, because of my new job and such, and it being... I decided to give up my outlaw ways, I now... Fully a Massachusetts resident on all things at this point.
1: You're a Red Sox fan? No,
2: God, I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> Fuck that.
1: But it's Spirit not. Like, how do you know?
2: No, 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 never. All still New York sports, but that's fine. That's a lot of what people in Western Massachusetts. But uh, but no, I uh, I vote here now. I pay taxes to Maura Healy.
3: That's... We really need your vote, Dara. <laughs> you definitely yeah. need my vote. Yes, damn we it. Do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we hardcore went off a the tangent there. Uh, this is
2: what the spoiler about? cast is, Carrie. Is it? Okay. We're blooding um, you in. Good no.
1: no. uh, Hey, I'm uh, all for. I'm all for tangents. I'm a tan gentleman, so you good. Know, good. All, all
3: good. Allie, I teased it a little earlier, but prior to recording, you had mentioned that you saw the movie not once but twice. But I think it's you twice. It. And um, you had some no. thoughts about the second watch.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the thing that you didn't manage to record. (laughs) Oh. No, it's, um, it's something that I really like just in general going back and watching Mysteries is like seeing the clues beforehand and how, at least for me as a viewer, the movie never once made me feel dumb for not getting something if that makes sense like i yeah. like i'm not going to pretend i'm the most intelligent person in the world that would be completely false um but i don't like it when a mystery wastes my time with like really esoteric bullshit of like and the the napkin on the floor had a had mustard stain from <laughs> just just stu- I'm like i'm thinking bbc sherlock levels of like yeah. logic and quote unquote reasoning that i'm just like hate this this is dumb but like going back and watching this movie again it's nice to just see all the little like sort of bread breadcrumb trails it. like when there's the scene where they're all drinking together right before duke dies you see um miles braun just hand his glass with the pineapple juice in it to duke Mm -hmm. but like you know, kind of like the characters, at least on first watch, you're not really thinking about it because you're more distracted by like the movement of Bertie's yep. dress and all this yep. other stuff going on, being annoyed because Duke's phone keeps going off. And then when you get to the part where Edward Norton's like, oh my God, that was my glass. I gave him, he took my glass. You believe him because you're like, oh, like, yeah, I, I think I remember seeing both of their glasses on the table. But then in the summation of the mystery, Benoit's like no you you gave him your glass and like we see that first scene again of him handing the drink to Duke so like the film itself is never saying like is not showing us the lie and saying yeah. it's the truth it's the characters saying oh this is the fact mm-hmm. when it's actually a lie does that make sense oh yeah. oh
1: yeah yep. I, and, I, and, and add to that Allie, I think as a filmmaker I could definitely appreciate how the movie doesn't hold a big sign saying like Look at this! This is important. They're like, "This is yeah. you need to know about this." Like the movie presents all the clues, but you—it's you, you lots audience, of really clever
0: misdirection. You, you yeah, That's, exactly. You as an audience don't yes. have to
1: like know exactly what's going on, but then, but then when they when the rug is pulled out from under you, it's like, "Oh, I totally missed that!" And Ryan Johnson fooled me. Fuck you, Ryan Johnson. I'm kidding. Well, um
2: I think what's interesting too is, is that. um it's interesting that when you watch it, for, and I'd imagine it also goes with the first *Knives Out* and *Brick* and stuff. When you watch it again, you—it's cool that you actually are able to pick those things up. Um, but there's also an interesting thing about like just Sherlock Holmes stuff in general, and also Sherlock, which was a pretty faithful adapt of the more faithful adaptations of the character in terms of um, at least in terms of his attitude and how he interacted with foot people and such. Uh, this is the newer. Sherlock yeah, yeah, the BBC yeah, Sherlock from uh, from you know, I think it was. Coming out when we, right after college, like two thousand like eight or 2008, something like Two thousand eight, two thousand ten. The first two seasons were great. Terrible. The last season kind of sucked. Um Cover like, like, kind of, you know, but but you know, the first season.
0: And there is no secret hidden episode. Stop saying there's a secret hidden episode, Tell me oh, more. Well,
2: Thank you. I, I'm sorry that there isn't. Um, I did, there is. There's no secret hidden episode. No, there, there.
0: isn't. Just people on the I internet I would have found if, if there
2: was more Sherlock content. Because again. I really enjoyed it until it disappointed me. Kind of a lot of, like, how Stephen Moffat does his stuff. He's going to disappoint me at some point in his cycle. Um, but regardless, he starts off pretty good with another thing. That first season is immaculate. Um, but Sherlock Holmes, the way he works, and also similarly, like, his predecessor, Dupin, who is, you know, like, the Edgar Allan Poe's detective, um, you know, they observe a lot of things minutely, and they're able to deduce stuff, but a lot of it is you can't actually do it in real life. Like I was a dork ass teenager and I tried to do it in real life. And the problem is, even then, I realized you couldn't. Because a lot, he makes Sherlock Holmes makes a makes a lot of assumptions that happen to be right, yeah, but right. actually don't. You, but they, they're not for sure things within logic. So it's just like they're fun because you're watching a superhero, and and I, you're, you're watching a superhero who's probably not neurotypical and is most definitely gay um, in the original stories. Yeah. But at the same time. You know, it's, you can't really, if you're looking for, like, oh, this is how it logically does, there is stuff with, like, well, he made a superhuman move. It's just like, you know, but you can't be mad at that, or, you know, or, you know, because, you know, it's just like, it's like getting mad at the Hulk for jumping a building. It's what he does. Sherlock Holmes makes leaps that other people wouldn't be able to nail with, uh, with Assurance, and the Hulk jumps over buildings and smashes things. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Vera, to go off of what you said about um, Sherlock Holmes, I just wanted to bring up one scene in the movie I really enjoyed, of course. which is when—how um, do you pronounce Daniel Craig's character's name?
3: Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Blanc. Benoit.
1: Benoit. Benoit Blanc. When Benoit solves the murder that Edward Norton set up for the whole gang, <laughs> that was the most brilliant scene, and probably the most fun, and probably the funniest scene in the movie. But I also—it's funny watching this as a as a it's, it's funny watching Daniel, watching Benoit's face lit up like a child that he's able to solve mysteries and actually get back into his, like, yeah. get back into his element, which is solving mysteries. And then just, I... the way, just the look of disappointment on, um on uh, edward norton's face on miles he face, has so some he, line
0: he, when they like go up to edward norton's office and he's like it was so he's i think he called it a bite-sized mystery and i'm <laughs> yeah. like you know what that makes me think of just thinking of murder mystery stuff is how i feel about watching episodes of murder she wrote because sometimes <laughs> yeah. yes Jeff, uh uh you know that show does do the dumb and she figured out the murder because of this shoe print on the ceiling and i'm like wait what but, like, yeah. uh, Angela Lansbury's character is just too fun for me to not enjoy. That's how I've, like, I feel like Benoit just solved a murder-she-wrote mystery. Yeah. yeah. And it was so delightful. Yeah. Also... Also, another good quote, um, I'm bad at things that are... I'm bad at dumb things when he's talking <laughs> about being bad <batted> at Among Us
2: Clue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love oh, yeah. that that was the last uh, appearance. I mean, I'm sad they're no longer with us. But I think it was pretty fitting that, like, that Angela Lansbury and uh, yes. <laughs> and Stephen Sondheim, that those were their last last performances. In- and, you know, it the bit parts, in yeah. an excellent movie, especially Angela, since it's a mystery. Um, now, I want to, like, hear that, like, dance hall song, Murder, She Wrote, which is so fucking catchy. <laughs> yeah. I love that song. I'll- uh,
1: also, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar oh, is in the Zoom call, I, yes, <laughs> I love yes, he, I the, 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 the
2: brain trust of his friends were, were, uh, were Steven Sava, Angela Lansbury, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and uh, gosh, gosh, who's the woman that everyone has a crush on who used to be with um, Fred Armisen and who is in Russian Doll? Why am I?
0: Uh, Natasha Lyonne. Natasha Leone Leon, Leon is there. I had to stop myself from screaming when I saw it was her and Angela Lansbury <laughs> on that fucking Zoom call. Yeah, like, I love oh, them cool. both so much. Yeah.
1: I also just want to say I love that when the arrow hits Edward Norton and it's spreading blood. He's yeah, just like just. He's just pissed off that to murder
0: before it began. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too that's so funny is he's, he's pissy about that and he's like acting like he had come up with this grand fun exciting thing and then it turns out he didn't even come up with the damn thing. He I hired
1: Jillian Flynn to write this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's very good. She's expensive. That's what she is.
2: <laughs> there is some glorious dialogue there. Um, yeah. I was wondering, you know, especially I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Carrie, as someone in filmmaking. Um, what, are you, what are you guys' thoughts about, you know, the fact that it had, like, a really tiny theatrical release before Netflix? Because and by tiny, I mean, like, I wasn't able to find any theater in New England playing. It
0: was, like, two weeks, if even. And it's so
2: limited. Oh, like, yeah. I would have expected, if they were doing it super limited, that, like, there'd be one theater in Boston uh, or Hartford or whatever that I could go and see it in. And that was just not not happening. Um, which you know was yeah. disappointing because I wanted to give. It, I think it still made decent box office in that tiny release. Um, and but yeah, personally for me, I felt it was disappointing that I couldn't see it on the big screen because I feel that's a movie that's, that that would have would have benefited from just like seeing those visuals, um, and that acting like on the biggest canvas possible. I was yeah.
1: I was I was a little surprised. I was I was also just kind of whatever to the whole situation because I wasn't really flocking to see a Ryan Johnson film, but after seeing it, I will say that I wish I did see it in theater with some friends because I feel like those are the types of movies you go out and see, it f- see, see movies with your friends with. Oh, yeah. So, like, I, I'm a little disappointed that, like, the movie didn't get a the release it deserved because it, it felt like one of those movies I would have gone to the theater to see, which is not something I say for a lot of movies that came out this year. No shade.
3: No, perfectly fine. Well, do you fine. think that's do you think that's a strategy now?
1: It, I wonder? It certainly, it, it has to be. It was
2: a thousand percent so, so. a strategy. They decided yeah, like, to use it to drive
3: traffic. Oh, Dan Right. Do you? I wonder if that'll be a thing like more moving forward with movie theaters in general. Like, oh
1: god, I hope not, but it probably might. I hope it depends not. on the,
2: th- the studio. Um, Warner Brothers, shitfire that is. Even though it's a shitfire is definitely um, trying to push more people to the theatrical stuff. I think Disney's kind of half and half to a degree, although I think they're leaning more to theatrical, but, you know, Netflix, as, like, you know, a streaming native, I do think is, I mean, I think they are still figuring out their strategy at this point, but I do think that they'll probably be doing some version of this. The really interesting thing is if this gets nominated for anything in terms of the Academy or if there's any kind of buzz post, I'd be curious if it gets a second run in theaters. Um... Mm. And because I do think that I mean I'd see it if it got a second run um, if it's in like the cinema I would too, in a fucking
0: heartbeat I'm obsessed with this movie I need to link to you guys by the way a really good Twitter thread of somebody comparing Benoit to different breeds of dog oh. <laughs> it's very good Yeah,
2: I, I also appreciated how you know they just decided to casually you know like because Benoit's sexuality really isn't discussed in the first Knives Out but I liked how they just like casually dropped it. Well, yeah, he, he has a husband and it's Hugh Grant. Or, or
0: <laughs> something, something oh. about Benoit having no gag reflex. Something, well, something. I,
1: I... <laughs> wait, wait, I didn't, I did not catch that. Did he, did, he didn't say he was gay in the first no. I actually, I don't No. Know. No. I didn't even think about that, but that is really. Yeah, no, he
2: cool. was just, and, but I do, what I do like about it is, is that, um, whether it's conscious or not, and I don't know, um, you know sherlock holmes has been queer coded for a very long time even before sherlock and tumblr and stuff like i as a teenager thought sherlock holmes was was queer um you know like i'd be interested in reading the stories again i think on my next reread i'll see if maybe what i'm conflating with him being gay might be hey uh asexual romantic. that's also possible since that was asexuality wasn't really in my vocabulary when i was a teenager so it's possible of that but Sherlock, at the very least, has always been pretty queer, code, queer coded, and I think it's kind of, and I think a number of detectives have been over the years as well, and I just think it's nice that you know you're having this new detective, and they're just like, no, we're not going to code it, we're just going to have him be gay, and I don't know if that was a conscious thing or not from from Ryan John from Ryan Johnson, but I like it, and I think it's good for the genre. that's just like, you know what, let's let's just have this guy be happy and in a relationship and with a man.
3: And you all were saying, as just before I think again just before we were recording how to that point, this is a kind of a special thing that we have here that you could easily the way that it's kind of an ensemble cast and people can show up out of nowhere and they're like these smaller contained stories that you could you could see a bunch of these coming out yeah and make its own new like spin on the detective. Genre. He has,
2: a, I believe, one more movie in his deal with Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. I have no doubt that if that movie is also a success, he will be given the authority to continue making them as many as he wants, and he's currently working on it too. He thought that he'd take a break, but then he just kind of was feeling like he was gonna strike while the iron's hot, so he's he's trying to write it at the moment. I believe. I'm totally now. Yeah. <laughs> this thread is the best thing ever. Yeah. And it's a beagle. so good, right? <laughs> a Siberian the Husky?
1: Husky? Is- I'm so oh, lost. lost right now.
0: I, I sent it on Facebook. It's the Benoit Blanc is dogs and knives out thread. Oh, got it. <laughs> Including a beagle wearing his swimsuit!
2: I'm just sad that there's no <laughs> Shiva on there. I'll send this to my girl. Little
0: swimsuit! I love it so
1: much!
3: <laughs> Carrie. Yes. You said that there were a number of you found a number of plot holes in the movie.
1: Um, just a bunch of things. Okay, just why, why didn't Janelle Monae go to the go to the authorities with the napkin instead of blackmailing everybody through an email?
0: I mean, uh, because cocky rich person. That's why. I I it's dumb. I hate it. I mean, it's yes, dumb. it's dumb, but I wouldn't really call that a plot hole. I'd just call that a character fault. I I, I couldn't get past that.
1: I'm I'm just being honest. It was. It was I mean, dumb that's dumb. fine. Um, that was really one thing, and just the fact that you held it up in Edward and just snuck a lighter out and burnt it. I'm like, really? That's that that just happened. It was just like I I don't know. I I I have trouble getting past like characters doing really dumb things. I mean, I guess I mean I guess there's there's to a certain degree, I'll, I'll suspend my disbelief, but
2: that was it was it was a little bit hard for me to past that, which is um, fine. It, again, I definitely think it's interesting the things that we different people grind against. Um, for me, I, I'll yeah. definitely agree that like with Ali and that like it was definitely. I think it's actually interesting that it shows the different how different the sisters are, and that um, you know Janelle Monae's the the sister the sister character that she's playing. Um, was definitely someone who, you know, she was someone who was very cocky and sure of herself. And she gets the thing, and then she feels like, okay, well, you know, she she is cocky and arrogant enough to let literally her enemy into the house to have. Whereas is that, she, her sister is naive enough that the second she has it, she doesn't um uh she doesn't immediately you know like keep away from it. Like she knows he's dangerous at this point, physically dangerous. And yet, she, you know, she's too trusting. So to me, that was just kind of like commentary on like how they deal with danger and how they deal with people. Um, but again, you know, it's stuff def- not necessarily the way either of us might deal with those situations. And some things, you know, some things will all, different things in a movie and a narrative will grind on different people. Um, and you know, suspension of disbelief is a very, very funny thing. For me, I'm always a big, you know, this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but. Well, I was thinking about when writing or enjoying sci-fi or fantasy stuff, for me, it doesn't have to make logical sense in the real world as much as it has to be internally consistent. The second something stops being internally consistent is when you lose it. But you can be as weird and silly as you want as long as you're internally consistent. Oh, yeah. Like, I love magic sure. systems that are, it's just fucking magic. There's no explanation. There's no keeping track of it. It's just fucking magic. But if it's just yeah. fucking magic, it better be just like fucking magic and you not then just yeah. keep a route uh, and midi count halfway through the fucking movie.
1: <laughs> my mind-, my mind yeah. went straight to Star
0: Wars. Too, no, man.
2: space buddhism is <laughs> awesome! midi <Midichlorians laughs> suck!
0: Yeah. Yeah. midi suck, donkey dick. That's my super lukewarm take, because I feel like most people agree with that, but if you don't, okay.
1: Counterpoint, guys. Counterpoint guys. The Potter- the pod race was pretty cool. Oh. Pod race was fun.
0: I love pod racing. I played the pod racing N64 game so. Pod racing much was as a literally kid. the best. Thing or was about it PS2? I forget. Either or. I love I love
1: every second of it. Um Hey, sorry, guys, can we can we really quickly just talk about the screenplay and the writing and the structure? Because I, I have a lot of good things to say. Dude, about no that. need
2: to yes, apologize. That this is literally what we do in this cast.
0: Definitely going to be more your uh area of expertise, Carry, obviously. I am a pleb. A pleb, Pleb. Uh, but it, 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 I think this is a good
1: segue to go off of a barrel you said about narrative because like I personally I I really enjoyed the structure of how like we get this um I mean chronological storyline up to the point where it seems like know Boni got murdered and then you backtrack to like her whole intention behind it which was really bizarre because like for the first going off tangent for a little bit, for the first hour, I'm just thinking, why is a black actress not getting a lot of screen time, and this is weird, and I don't know how I feel about this casting, but then when you kind of get into like, what her whole intention is, like it completely flips the story around, and it feels like the story is even moving forward, despite being in a flashback for such a long time, which is one thing I really dug about the movie. And another part, and another thing I liked about it was um, just the first ten minutes when everybody receives a bo- that puzzle box, and you get a real sense of who these characters are through how they each approach the Shazam this song for, yeah. Alexa's Shazam this song Shazam song yeah that was great or
0: fucking, fucking when Bernie's on the call and everybody's like Bernie you can't be having a party <laughs> it's okay they're in my pod
1: Katie <laughs> Hudson is so funny and she's so good at
0: playing <laughs> right. Kate Hudson is so good uh, in this uh, movie but, sorry Carrie continue please I'm loving this
1: so you're telling me that you thought that sweatshops how they make sweatpants? That was my favorite one. She
0: movie. wanted me to not tweet an ethnic slur yeah. again.
1: There's yeah, the, it, it, it was just it's, it, it was just really fun to see like how everybody approached solving the the puzzle slash. Seeing. I think some. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like some of the characters were trying to work together to like solve the puzzles. But meanwhile, Janelle Monae just takes a hammer. And bashes it and just gets the glass onion inside because she obviously couldn't care less about the fact that her brother-in-law uh, fucked her sister over and just wants to get to the heart of the mystery, no bullshit. But Be- uh,
3: before is- before you move on to a later later uh, other examples of the the screenwriting yeah. that sure. that you liked, sure. uh, the, the one thing on the Janelle and a box thing that I loved about that was so before they it goes back in time, you know, the, you, it's revealed that. Obviously, somebody shared the box with him. And the first thing I did was check off my mental checklist. Well, it couldn't have been Janelle Monet. Because she
0: smashed it. Because she
3: smashed it into a and million like, oh, pieces. Because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. she smashed it. <laughs> and then when you get the reveal that it's her sister, and like, oh yeah. Plus, I just love that scene of, of her smashing that the box. But anyway. Oh, you can just yeah.
0: feel the anger in her so much. And going back and looking at it and knowing it's. Like, when you first look back on that scene before you realize it's Helen, you think it's Andy being pissed off because after all these, after all these, this time since the trial, how dare they have the nerve to invite me to this? But then, like, you know, after you've learned it's Helen, it's not just those feelings, but oh my God, you literally have the fucking balls to invite my sister, who I'm pretty sure one of you murdered to this party. (laughs) I'm so fucking angry.
3: So, sorry, Carrie. I just
0: wanted.
1: To no, oh no, it's fine. Did you say nerject? <laughs> Interject. <laughs> I thought you said nerdject, but that's let, I, I... let
0: Carrie reclimate this conversation it, now, please. Totally no, works for
1: me. I, I don't know what reclimate means. Sorry, um,
3: but well, neither does neither does Miles <laughs> Brown. <laughs> it's not an actual word. Yeah, it's funny. I,
1: it's funny. <laughs> It's funny how many, I'm wondering how many literary scholars caught that Miles was using several words incorrectly and if that became kind of a clue in and of itself. Um, But I'm actually, I'm literally on Netflix scrolling through the movie just making sure I didn't miss anything. Um, And and story and whatnot. The whole, I, I was actually impressed the way they were able to sustain the amount of flashback in like act two of the movie without really making you feel like you were sort of falling behind because it's almost like even if you if, even if you were to rewrite the whole movie be chronological like you're given all the information and the motive and everything at the appropriate time in the movie like whether or not it was a flashback or whatever or, or whether you decided to make it like put it in chronological order it still works which is obviously, obviously so I'll, admittedly i'll say i will say ryan johnson is a really good screenwriter and i think based on some of the youtube videos i've watched of um Screenwriting, he really maps out like all of his um plot points and story beats, which is very admirable. Yeah,
2: I I really love um, to be when the movie did the that mid twit midway forty percent or uh way through the through it where it's just like it does the flashback. That's where it really took off. It's like oh, because yeah. at that point just like ever you see everything in a new light and just everything just gets a lot more depth and it's like ah, because now we're getting the full story and. I I, I really yeah I I I thought it was a really yeah I thought it was really really nicely written and I just loved how they did the turn and um I thought, yeah I was I was ve- I I was I was happy and impressed.
1: I I love the part when like when she finally when she finally uh, ascends the staircase where like she's alive and Kate Hudson's like what is reality yeah, yeah what is
0: reality yeah. and then she has that yeah. line where she's like. Oh, Helen! Yeah, you told us about your sister, Helen! And it's like, oh my god, you, you're literally talking to Helen. Yeah. The person <laughs> that you think you're talking to is
3: dead! I, I, it's, oh, for- dead, go on. I was going to say, I forget, did they, um, did they really dig into the fact that Miles has effectively killed her twice before... He knows that it's somebody else and he's just, does he, do they really go into that at all? He's like,
0: no, he's just that dumb. He thinks he didn't do it right the first time. So he's going to do it a second time and he still failed. He's
1: dumber than before. uh,
0: He's dumber than before. uh,
2: What I think is, was, is pretty interesting about, about, about in general is that it's just like, you know, I, you know, the one things with like, I love the bit with Kate Hudson. And, uh, you know, where she was like, you know, I used to be like the pretty young thing and such. Because, you know, A, I think it's, I, I don't know, I, I'm always, I will always beat the drum that I think Hollywood is absolutely stupid when it comes to both age and beauty and and women. Like, Kate Hudson still looks great. Like, she looks, she you know, like, you know, did, you know, does she look, you know, yeah, on a movie screen, does she look any less attractive than when she was in Almost Famous? I would say not. Um, but you know, that's for whatever reason Hollywood basically thinks you're no longer attractive when you're like past thirty. Um or even before that. So it's just like it's to me I I always like it when a movie goes back to that kind of like central critique of like, yeah, no, uh Hollywood and how it treats older actresses really sucks. Um and I and I felt that that was that was in there in the subtext.
1: And she was gorgeous. <laughs>
2: uh, no lie.
1: Uh, no lie. A lot of beautiful I also have a lot of beautiful women well, in there. The
3: oh movie. of course.
1: Um Yeah. I don't I don't really have anything to add to that, but Bear
3: is absolutely right about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, I'm just nothing, gonna you know, I'm just gonna go and let you just gotta we're just gonna go on an adventure here. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. No. Uh, don't do you, that you, to yeah. us, Dad. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any uh did you have any other screenwriting bits that you wanted to, to chat through?
1: Um, it's going through. I mean, you know, it's funny. I love, I love the, I love just being in the dark about. I love watching a good mystery and just like being in the dark about like what was happening and also just the way they were able to flip a lot of um, a lot of what seemed to be on the surface. So like for example, Dave Batista seeing Whiskey seduce yeah. Edward Norton like in the beginning. I obviously thought, oh, Whiskey is going behind his back. But then you realize that. You he wanted her to do this in order to get. Well, I, I forgot. I forgot what the reason was, but you you realize. Uh, to
0: get ploy. on his like news channel, Maybe, Alpha News. Yeah,
1: basically, it's all a ploy. Which you know, I and I and I and I enjoy the movie even more because there's a lot of the movie where I felt like, like I don't know, if they're being too tropey about this. But then when you realize, you know, after in the flashback, what's really going on, and again, the movie just constantly just lifts lifts the rug from underneath me, you know just kind of goes to show like how much there's a lot of great just a lot of great surprises and in some ways it was uh it's a wonderful no (laughs) i just like stopped on the screenshot where the the hot sauce is about to go into janelle oh my god that was like again one of those great moments of suspense
0: like oh no oh no oh no (laughs) yeah oh god that was I love those funny little callbacks too, or I guess not callbacks, but those funny things where they're like, this is Famous Person's such and such product. It's just like, again, like Miles Braun just is that kind of person who's like, well, this is Jared Leto's special kombucha, therefore it's the best kombucha ever. This is Jeremy Renner's hot sauce. It's like... Of course he would be that guy. Of course he would be. Do they have? T- you can tell that
1: that this movie has a lot of love for Fight Club because Jared Leto's. Oh yeah. I think and there's an, according to IMDb there is a painting of Edward Norton from the movie Fight Club. If I have my facts correct. Yeah. Oh cool. It's a little bit out of focus, but um, it's basically him looking ripped and, okay. in that David Fincher lighting. It's 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 a Fight Club painting. Like you can tell.
3: That's awesome. I'm I'm curious. Do they? If they feature their likenesses and, or even just bring up the actors' names in the movie. Do they have to like have agreements with them? How does that work? I'm on honestly,
1: I, I think I mean it's probably that, but I'm sure it's also like if actors are friends with other actors oh yeah I'm CBS sure they're f- I'm hey, sure they're I- friendly. It's just yeah. I was
3: like if somebody that you know
1: they could probably probably honestly just go through the red tape like, hey can I mention you in this? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. I was just curious. This is an interesting little bit. I'm sure this.
1: I'm sure it happens more times in Hollywood than like, you know, is is mentioned. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, think that, I yes. think that was funny. It was funny in uh in Ready Player One. I think Spielberg asked Zemeckis to use the Delorean some of the scenes. He's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, it's fine.
2: <laughs> I think it also often have to do with 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 what studios are involved, uh, as well. Yeah. So I think it's like sure. you know if they I, if I remember correctly, well, I guess Ready Player One had a lot of IP from multiple different things. Um. Uh, but I definitely think it helped out the death. Wasn't it Warner Brothers who did Freddy Player One? I don't, really I
3: don't remember. remember. Uh, I, I think was, so. Yeah. I thought it was
1: DreamWorks because it's Spielberg.
2: But I
3: gotta go on nerd, nerd, Go down the nerd, oh, hole. nerd
2: hole. Yep, Warner Brothers <laughs> Pictures.
3: <laughs> nerd, nerd, <laughs> no, no, no. nerd,
1: nerd, nerd. What was that? Nerdject. Jack- <laughs> Nerd. Nerdjeck. You're nerdject. right, Barrett <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Nerdject. To nerdject, yes, <laughs> Barrett was a Winner Brothers pictures, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. So but you
2: know, I mean I it, but yeah, it definitely it's always interesting, you know, what people are able to to pull and stuff. I mean, technically, you know, the doctrine of fair use should allow for a lot more of that, but that's been along with our copyright laws in general, just beaten to death with a with a bat. Mm-hmm
1: yes
3: did anybody else have any other thoughts they wanted to share about the about the movie
0: um, I learned a cool say, fact about the Mona Lisa which oh yeah, I, I kind of want to know your opinion on this I feel like it's more the former than the latter but I like thinking that it's the latter so I did not know that the Mona Lisa was painted on wood but in the film, it's clearly shown to be painted on canvas. And I feel huh. like most depictions of it are also yeah. on canvas in film. So I'm like, is that just like, you know, artistic liberty? Or is Miles actually that dumb to think that the Louvre would rent the real Mona Lisa to him? Wait, I, just, the I Mona think Lisa's that's painted a on... funny thing to think Here, about. Yeah. I think it's more the former, but it's just... It's painted on mm-hmm. wood?
3: Yep, I, really I love that intuition though. That
2: like the French were just yeah. screwing him. Yeah. Da
0: Vinci a, is a boss man. Yeah, and and then yeah, another reason why the Mona Lisa is a remarkable piece of art. But I feel like that's just sort of like a like creative like artist like or rather artistic license because I'm I feel like most other movies also have it on canvas.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't I, dig more into that in the movie to say like I, I was surprised that it just wasn't outright told to you that it was a fake, you know, in the in the movie, and that he just. Lied I guess about if it. it
0: was a fake, it would kind of defeat like sort of the you know the irony of yeah. Miles getting what he wanted, yeah. which was to be yeah. in the same sentence as Mona Lisa.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go on. No, for sure. care,
2: yeah. okay, you were going to say something. I thought you were saying something, Carrie.
1: Huh? Oh, it's, I'm just nerdjecting again, but I just love the um, <laughs> I love the fact that I think Da Vinci painted the, uh, I think he used a specific type of brush to paint the contours of the, of, the, of the lips in a way where it looks like either a no, smile or No, Just doing as it. a painter, I just, I just nerd out about
2: that uh, stuff. I, I
1: do think, I think... Um, no, I, I think it's amazing. Uh,
2: I think another thing, yeah. too, to, to yeah, nerdject is that, like, it it's also possible that... Oh, I mean, this is, this is, uh, <laughs> we, 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 we hit gold <laughs> with this. Um, but... i so hot right now. Yes, <laughs> it's...
1: I feel like nerdjected it's so hard right now. Sorry, go on.
2: I have to
3: ask, hold on, before we go any further, is it nerd? Like, I'm a nerd? I believe it's Nerdject, nerd-ject but I slur, slur my nerd-ject. words, so sometimes yes, it's nerd to Okay. Nerdject. Okay.
1: I'm not really hitting my Ds. <laughs> oh, dear. Not hitting <laughs> my Ds is stretching but my I straw ticket abilities. Is, another
2: interesting possibility <laughs> with it is is that, you know, like, in real life, Catherine Hahn, unfortunately, is not the governor of Connecticut. So, you know, Knives Out, like any movie, is not, it's not like supposed to be a direct rip from the headlines, Is kind of its own world. If you could just say in the Knives Out universe, you know, it's, um, you know, they, they, it was painted on canvas. Um, there's a possibility. But I do have some exciting stuff. I remembered it, and then I looked it up, I saw this in the lookup, that, um, uh, that, yeah, he just wants to continue making these movies. We have one more movie in our contract with Netflix. This is uh, Ryan Johnson speaking. But I do see it as a, tr- but I don't see it as a trilogy. I see it as an ongoing thing. As long as awesome. Daniel and I are having fun and coming up with something new and exciting every time, we'll keep we'll keep doing this as long as we can. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Daniel Craig is is exactly um, as cool man, is as cool is as you think he is. The man who is like a meme dancing and then who pulled up and retrieved Rachel, uh, Rochelle Weiss and married her after Darren Aronofsky le- left her. Yeah, yeah, like, Darren oh, Aronofsky cheated on her and I such, an I think he and, he and she and Daniel Craig, yeah, on Racial Vice. I think she and Daniel Craig were friends for a oh, while, shit. but then, like, literally Daniel Craig pulls up, retrieves, wait, marries her, wait. wins.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> her I don't James think so, out. I think did, that's did after Did Darren Aronofsky cheat on her with Jennifer Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're gonna get some serious rejecting of celebrity gossip here, folks. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say that I just want to say that I love that Daniel Craig does a lot of genre pieces more than more so than I think I, I think more so than he does like serious dramas or or whatnot. Which is, I I think he's I, I just love that he does that. I think he's a brilliant actor, maybe one of the best. But I just love that he's he loves to just make entertaining movies as well. He's like the per, he's like the perfect package in that respect for.
3: Bear, Bear, how could you and how could you forget to mention the the iconic oh the weekend snl uh musical <laughs> oh, guest yes of course from That's... daniel craig how... <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm lost how did that go down
3: oh i'll, I'll share it it's awesome yeah. Please do, please do. I'll nerdject it into our Facebook chat.
1: Yeah. Allie, can you nerdject uh, the Daniel Craig dog memes, too? I like need to to uh,
0: yeah, I sent it on uh, Facebook.
1: Nerdject. I keep, I keep missing that D. I, I,
0: I love it. It's so good. I
3: think we can use it either way. I think it's okay. it's it's fine either way.
1: You dim-witted, brainless jackass. You're one murder with Anna Panache at all, and you stole the whole idea from me. I'm on the quote page and just reading him off right now as we go. <laughs> oh Mr. Braun, I've learned through bitter experience that an anonymous invitation is not to be trothed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. Does oh, even... sh- oh balls! <laughs> that was I was going to say, I'm surprised <laughs> nobody said that when we talked about the hot sauce scene. <laughs> um. I'm not trying real hard to buttress, but this sounds nuts. I just
1: love the word buttress the way it's used.
3: Did any? Does anybody else have any other uh, thoughts about? I'm just kind of conscious of the time and everything. For no, some, just for go see us. this
0: movie. It's fucking yeah. brilliant.
3: Very good. See
1: the good. movie. It's uh It's hard kombucha.
2: It's harder than Jeremy. It's, hard it's hard kombucha. The frickin' the frickin Jeremy Redder hot sauce man. What water the-
0: clean. This is a smokeless garden. <laughs> Dong. Jeremy
1: Renner would be a guy that would make hot sauce. He just has that vibe.
0: <laughs> um,
3: is, uh... Carrie. Yes. Do you have anything you'd like to uh, you'd like to plug for for the listeners? Sure.
1: Um. So I create a lot of art. Um. Not to brag. Sorry. Um. Not sorry. Racist. <laughs> um. I am working on a few uh, projects right now this year. I'm directing a few short films. Um, if you would like to follow me in my filmmaking adventures, you can find me at uh, my Instagram is Carrie V Productions, uh, K E R E Y V Productions. Um, if you're interested in my photography, you can follow me at Carrie V Photography. Uh, if you are interested in holiday cards, homemade, homemade painted holiday cards, I just started a business and I uh, have a few up on my uh, Carrie V Instagrams Playing playing Carrie V, um, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna start. I'm going to start selling some Valentine's Day cards pretty soon, possibly next week. So I have a few designs in the works. And uh, awesome. Also, if you'd like to see my website, kerryvishwanathan.com.
3: Me neither. Yeah, I'll buy one from you. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. That, that's awesome. I didn't realize you were doing those cards. Hell yeah.
1: It's something that I have. Uh... Oh yeah, I'll, I'll show you. I'll, I can show you a few samples pretty soon. It's something I have uh, learned yeah. a lot on uh, over the past year. So I'm happy to nerdject these plugins. <laughs> I knew
3: it was coming. I knew it was coming. Allie, would you like to nerdject anything at the end of the episode? for?
0: Uh, hydrate.
3: Yeah.
1: Hydrate? Awesome.
0: Lotionate.
1: Allie is hard. Allie's nerd- Salivate. <laughs> I don't know. Allie is nerdjecting hard right now.
0: <laughs> Rebreviate. I know I keep going back to it, but that man is so dumb. He's so dumb and it makes me feel good about myself. (laughs) Because I at least try to look up a word in a dictionary before I use it. It was supposed to be a tribute
1: to Beyonce, but people did not think (laughs) it that way.
0: It's, oh, it's so fucking dumb and good and I love it <laughs>
1: the breastification of
0: America the <laughs> breastification of <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh god
1: uh. there was one quote she, she was a really funny line she gave everyone she was like what's so and so I'm trying to remember what it was oh my it's I touched my tongue it's gonna come to me, like, after after this whole pot is over.
3: Well, I'm gonna go to Bera for his <laughs> plugs, and if you get there before that, just shout it out as loud yeah. as, <laughs> as that Yeah!
2: Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I think that... Sorry, I'm just laughing. Uh, gosh, Dave Batista. what a great actor. Um, it's... No, I, I, I wish, I wish I had something to gain yeah. for plugging Dave Bautista. Like that. Is that your plug? <laughs> But no, um, uh, I I guess the main thing is that join a union and uh, can find me on Twitter at Baradudow if you happen to be in the broadcasting industry. I'm um, a uh, organizing coordinator, and uh, and uh, you know all of this is um, you know speaking in a totally private behalf on this podcast. But uh, you know when I put my professional hat on, if you want to form a union, broadcasting, um, find me on Twitter, and uh, I will help you organize your workplace. Uh, but I'm speaking in total private capacity here when I talked about uh, the greatness of Daniel
0: Craig in, in, in and so. get Pati's <laughs> And you
3: can you can find us on SpoilerMedia.net. Specifically, go to spoilermedianet spoilercast You can find us on all those popular podcast channels and venues: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Spotify, all those all those good spots. You can subscribe to us on those those networks. You can also just listen to the podcasts on the website, where you can also comment um, on the individual shows if you'd like to do so. Uh, uh, Kerry, you have one last chance. Do you have your thing? You need to. Can you? Do you have your. Do you know what it is?
1: I couldn't find it. All right. If he put pineapple juice in its drink. It's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs>
3: very nice okay well thank you all for joining me on this adventure and we will talk to Brilliant. you next time
1: it's a donut within a donut it's a smaller donut <laughs> i told
2: you about strawberry
1: peel
2: you know the place where nothing is real well here's another place.